Hey, to all the real estate professionals out there, I want to let you know The Buyer's Mind is sponsored by Homebridge Financial. Homebridge loan officers are experts in new home financing, and they bring sales ideas and strategies and market intelligence and programs that will help sell homes. To learn more about that, go to builder.homebridge.com. Homebridge Financial, home financing made easy. How aware are you of your presence, of how you are perceived? How intentional are you about presenting your best self? That's our topic on today's episode of The Buyer's Mind. Welcome to The Buyer's Mind, where we take a closer look deep inside your customer's decision-making mechanism to reverse engineer the perfect sales presentation. Now, please welcome your host, Jeff Shore. Well, welcome everyone once again to The Buyer's Mind. I'm your host, Jeff Shore, and this is the podcast where we talk about uh, the way that customers make decisions. And today we're going to look at it and ask the question, what does your customer see in you? What does your customer see in you? Now, I want to start this way. I, I give a, a lot of keynote speeches. I really enjoy it. You give me a, a microphone and a stage and a few hundred people, I'm a happy, happy guy. But not only do I give keynote speeches, but I study speakers. I study professional speakers, keynote speakers. Uh, one of the things that I've learned over time is that great speakers make it look effortless. When they're on stage, they look effortless. They, they There is a grace and an ease to what it is that they do. So when I study some of the great speakers that I've gotten to know through the National Speakers Association, the Mark Sharonbrocks of the world and the Scott Strattons and Scott McCain's, you, they make it look so easy. But here's the deal. You didn't see the hard part, right? You didn't see the hard part. There's a great podcast that I've been listening to. It's called the Standing Ovation Podcast with my friend Jay Bear, where he interviews keynote speakers about their craft and about what it is that they do. How do they craft their signature stories? How do they work their presence on the stage? It's a really great opportunity to learn from the best. But the fact of the matter is that your words count. Your inflection matters. Your look matters. And I'm not just talking about speakers now, I'm talking about sales professionals. How much are you thinking about these things? How much are you thinking about the way that you are perceived? Because your customer is thinking about these things a lot. And I mean a lot. When we think about what our customer is taking in when they meet us for the first time, their brain is fired up. They're active on so many levels as they start to think through who is this person? How do they think? Uh, what do they want? Um, wh what are they trying to accomplish here? How do I relate to them? Would I have a cup of coffee with this person? I mean, they're making a lot of decisions and they're making those decisions based on how you present yourself, on how they perceive you. Now, look, I know your mother always told you, don't judge a book by its cover. But when you're in sales, that's bad advice. Your customer is going to be making decisions almost instantaneously about who you are, and that will largely be based on the way you carry yourself, on your presence, on your word choice, on your inflection, on your facial posture. You know, when I study professional speakers, man, I can see those speakers who are unrelatable because they're they're inauthentic or they're fake or they're they're overly scripted but they just don't connect with their audience very well it's the same thing with sales it really really is 
Because when you consider those sales professionals who are just riveting, they're aware of their presence. They're aware that their words count, that their presence counts, that their that their posture counts. I think about uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Sometimes in a coaching session, I'll show a video of Jerry Seinfeld in an interview that he did with the New York Times, where we talked about this two-year process of writing this one joke about Pop-Tarts. It's a fascinating interview. But what's really interesting about it is that you see the craft that Jerry Seinfeld wants to perfect, right? You see him up there and you go, well, he makes it look so easy. Yeah, because he didn't see the hard part. Right. He's counting syllables. He's shaving letters off of words. He's looking for the perfect presentation. These things count. And today I want to uh, introduce you to Michelle Bendy, and she's the newest member of the Shore Consulting team. She is a prolific sales trainer. She was really, really strong in the area of sales and sales expertise. But her early career was actually in broadcasting. She was in radio broadcasting. So her inflection, her tone, her word choices were always on trial, right? All the time that there, there were, she was being judged, right? Because people would listen in and there's no question about it. If you don't like the person you're listening to on the radio, you're, it was real simple. You vote with your attention and you change the station. So she is someone who's had to pay very, very close attention to the way that we carry ourselves, to our inflection, to our word choices, to our tone, to our energy levels. And I thought you would enjoy getting to hear a little bit about uh, how this translates into sales from the perspective of someone who has a career in radio broadcasting. Let's hear from Michelle Bandian. We got a special episode today as we welcome the newest member to the Shore Consulting team, Michelle Vendia. Michelle, how are you? I'm good, Jeff. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Let's have some fun. Uh, Michelle, we're, we're really thrilled to see the work that you are already doing with the team, the work that you will do with the team, because you're an expert in the area of sales and sales leadership. But I thought we might start by talking a little bit about your background because you didn't start in the sales business. No, that's right. Um, actually, I was in radio. That was my first uh, job out of uh, college. And uh, I was a radio announcer. So first of all, take me back. How does that work? You're in college. You're spinning a wheel or throwing a dart at a wall to try and determine what your major is going to be. Or did you look at you say, someday I'm going to be on the radio? I was always involved in theater and different things of that nature. And uh, radio intrigued me. And uh, since I didn't want to go off and become a movie star, I thought that radio was a safe bet. Yeah. And uh, so I, I got my start in, in radio right out of school, uh, started by doing commercials and different things like that. And then landed an opportunity to be a morning and midday host uh, eventually on on radio. And this was in the Chicagoland area. Yes, this was in the Chicago market. When you were in college then, you, you looked, you said, that's what I want to do. I want to be on the radio. Is it that simple? You just had the drive and you followed it and actually worked for you. It, it did. It worked for me. Uh, you know, certainly had an opportunity to have an internship, which certainly helps. And uh, was able to get my foot in the door and meet the, you know, the right people and be at the right place at the right time. And it worked out. Your degree is in mass communications, correct? Mass communications. What does one study when they're going after a mass communications degree? You know, it, it's a lot of English uh, classes, writing classes. There's some journalism involved. You kind of run the whole gamut. There was theater in the mix. Uh, so I had dipped my toes in, in all of those categories. When I'm thinking about how we connect the dots then, because you, you did that for a while, 
eventually your career uh, transferred and, and you uh, started in the sales business. Over the time I've known you, I've always seen that word choices matter to you. I've seen it in your writing. I've seen it in your speaking and not just in your word choices, but in your polish and in your delivery. Is it an occupational hazard when you see a salesperson who is a little lazy or a little sloppy in the way that they deliver their presentation? Does it drive you a little crazy? Well, it, it does. It certainly. And, you know, and it has an impact on the, the customers that we serve. So words absolutely matter. And it's one way uh, as sales professionals that we can differentiate ourselves from uh, our competition, other sales professionals. When you think about this from the customer's perspective, let's talk about how that affects the customer and what the customer goes through when they're listening to a salesperson, perhaps contrasting one who is sharp and polished and is really has thought through what are the right words and what's the right delivery of those words versus someone who is just sort of haphazardly walking through the process and almost making it up as they go. Well, you know, one of the things, Jeff, that you teach us is the first few seconds before someone walks through the door are so critical. And then the first few seconds that somebody comes in in the door. Those seconds are very critical. And so we make an impression and it's very difficult to change someone's perception of us. So not only the words that we use, but the inflection that we use. I mean, we've seen it when we've shopped other sales centers and, and have had interactions with sales professionals. You know, if someone's flat, low energy, you know, high you know, how's it going today mm -hmm. versus, you know, someone who is upbeat and hi, you know, welcome. Thanks for stopping in. You know, there's a, just a different feeling right from the start. Uh, you had to deal with this in your radio broadcast days. There were times when I mean, you're a human being, you have a bad day, your daughter's being uh, difficult and you know, whatever it is. And, and then what happens here when that light goes on, the red light goes on, it says on air, you have to be 100% on. But is it something where you could just flip the switch the moment the red light came on? Or did you have to be sort of gearing up for that moment? And what was your preparation for when you knew that your voice was going to be broadcast uh, over the airways? Well, you do have to gear up for it. You have to be prepared. It's it's mental preparation. Um, it, it's showtime. And it's the same thing with, with sales professionals when someone's coming in their doors. And so it doesn't really matter what the last you know, 20 minutes, what happened. It doesn't matter what kind of day you're happening. You have one opportunity with this prospective customer that's standing in front of you or when you're on the air with your audience member. Your voice is a tool, okay? And that tool can be used to inspire people, to to motivate people, to energize people. Your words can also hurt people. So you have to be really, really careful and mindful of what you say and how you say it. Let me ask you this, because I think there's a real strong correlation, I'm guessing, between what you did in, in broadca your broadcast days and what sales professionals have to deal with. You're live, right? You're in front of the audience right there. Uh, if you mess up, you can't say, you know what? Hey, everybody, can we go back and do that again? I mean, you're live. It just went out there. And I think that that happens. It certainly has happened to me in the sales presentation where I said something and I went, oh, boy, there was a way better way to say that. And, you know, I just misstepped and said something that was just not a good idea. How do you recover on the fly? Right. You're you're on air and you say something that didn't work right. It was an error. It was going to be perceived wrong. How do you recover on the fly? 
Yeah, that's difficult because there are no do-overs, no do-overs in radio. There is no do, unless you can, of course, if you're pre-recorded, pre-recorded, something like that, but otherwise you can't. And so I think more than anything, it goes about being proactive versus reactive, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's about knowing what you want to say or how you want to say it. You don't want it to be a canned pitch. You want it to be very natural, but it's knowing your craft so well that it can be very natural, Mm -hmm. that you can actually have a natural conversation. You have a path that you want to take. Uh, And you'll follow that path, but it'll also allow you to engage with your audience, whoever your audience may be, your prospective buyers. You've been working in the area of sales and sales leadership for quite some time now. Uh, How much of your experience as a broadcaster was transferable into your career in sales and sales leadership? It's transferred well. I, I think I've been able to use a lot of the skills um, because I think it's just, again, little subtle changes that we can make to words and phrases that we use that really can make a major difference in our presentation. Mm-hmm. It can take us from being a salesperson, just like everyone else, to a sales professional. Mm-hmm. You're, you're elevating your presentation and you're elevating your experience for your buyers. Right. Well, and you that's a really important point where you talk about the idea of going from a salesperson to a sales professional. And what is that distinction? And I would just challenge our audience right now to ask that question of themselves. What's the difference between a salesperson and a sales professional? And one of the things about professionals is they fought work harder, right? They are more attentive and more intentional about their craft. If you think about an amateur golfer versus a professional golfer, if you think about anybody who's going from that amateur level uh, to the professional level, they're just going to work much, much harder. And I know that that's true for you too. Now in the sales training world, I see you work extremely uh, diligently to try to uh, perfect your craft. Um, I, I'm kind of curious, what was it that first got you thinking, you know, training and coaching, that's what I want to do? You've been doing it for some time now, but but what was it that, that caused you to say, that's really what I want to do? Well, you know, it was the next step of learning and growing and, you know, an opportunity to help others uh, to motivate, to energize, to inspire people to be just the best version of themselves that they can possibly be. It's not easy. It takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of dedication. Um, But that's where my joy and what I really love to do. And it's so fun to see people transform and become the best version of themselves that's possible. There's no question about it. The, the opportunity to watch transformation, there's nothing more rewarding. And I think to a salesperson who's in there in the trench doing it every day, well, they see the same thing. It's watching their customer transform from a prospect into a buyer is the greatest joy. I think for a trainer, it's watching a, a salesperson turn into a sales professional and really hone their craft that makes it really a lot of fun. Um, you live in the Chicago area. I do. Best part about living in Chicago? Well, I certainly wouldn't say the weather, um, but so I would say food. Food is the, and certainly the lake, uh, being able to do anything on the lake uh, is just spectacular. Yeah, Chicago, just a great food town. What is that little restaurant there? It's, um, it's right, it's just off the river on the north part of the of the river and it's you walk through like a little purple awning it's called like the purple pig or something like that are, are you familiar with it? wow no i'm not familiar when i stumbled across it and it, it was just like we we sat down the menu was really odd and we just said hey you know what whatever we don't know what we're doing just bring us something it was phenomenal it was really good i've never had a bad meal in chicago no, yeah. no question yeah there's options for everyone it's fabulous yeah cubs fan or do you care 
You know what? I would never confess which sport team, not, not in Chicago. You just don't Uh, do it. No, just don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't kiss and tell. So yeah. 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 yeah, Right. No, it's a great city. It really, really is. Uh, As you're thinking through now um, sort of what happens next in your career. And uh, now that you're on the, especially on the shore consulting team, we're so thrilled to have you here. What are you looking forward to the most? You know, I'm a student of my profession. I'm just going to continue to work hard and be the best uh, sales trainer that I can possibly be. And I'm really excited about the opportunity to do that. Awesome. So before you go, tradition here on The Buyer's Mind, we'll put you on the hot seat. Some rapid fire questions, rapid fire answers. Ready? Ready. All right. Uh, The artist you listen to most in high school? Sting. Sting. Yeah. Uh, A book you read early in life that had a profound impact on the rest of your life? Peter's Principle. Oh, yeah. The Peter Principle is a, is a great book. No question. Um, a movie that you've seen many times, but it, you can't help it when it comes on. You have to watch. Casablanca. Casablanca. You know what? I've never seen Casablanca. Oh, you have to see Casablanca. I, I know. I know. Brian Taft on our team always accuses me of being culturally illiterate, and it's something that I don't deny. It's re- it's really true. I've, I've, I've missed out on a number of good movies, apparently. See it once. Okay. I will. I will. Um, the most beautiful place you've ever stood? Maui. On the beach. On the beach. No question about it. And uh, finally, the, your first celebrity crush. Oh, oh gosh. Um, Des- can't think of his Des- Describe him. Who is it? I'll help you. You know what? General Hospital was Luke. Oh, from sure. Luke and Laura. Yeah. That, just because of the time frame. Right, of course. You know, yeah, that yeah, was a big yeah, deal. Yeah, Anthony Luke, Gary, were, I think, is his name. I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, they, they were. Luke and Laura. That was a big deal back in the big day. Big deal. If you're listening to this podcast and you're under 35 years of old, it's just just Google it. So you, you'll you'll figure it out. It was quite the phenomenon back in the day. All right. You're off the hop seat. Um, Michelle, uh, so thrilled to have you on The Buyer's Mind. Even more thrilled to have you on the Shore Consulting team. Let's make some magic. Thanks, Jeff. So there you have it. It was such a great addition to the Shore Consulting team. Her knowledge is really strong, but you can also tell her presentation skills are utmost. She is just so uh, so polished. But again, she she's easy to talk to. She's the type of, just think about this from the perspective of a salesperson. You want someone who is easy to talk to, who is relatable, who is fun, who is interesting, and who can ultimately help you. That's Michelle, and that should be you. So I want to make a suggestion here to you. I I want to recommend that you are doing everything you can to either get coached or to coach yourself. And one of the ways that you can do this, I know this is a radical idea and a whole bunch of you are going to look at it and go, well, that's dumb. I'm not going to do that. Fine. High achievers, you'll you'll like this idea. Uh, the high achievers out there are going to look at it and are going to go, how do I get past my own discomfort in order to make myself better? So here's my suggestion. Film yourself on a phone call. The next time that you have a sales call to make, stand up and film yourself while you do it. Uh, All right, so you're talking into the phone to somebody, but I want you to imagine that they are the camera, that they're standing right in front of you, and that you're giving that sales call, you're having that sales conversation with the camera as if it was your customer. Now this gives you a phenomenal opportunity to, and it starts with the ability to self-coach, to go back and to watch yourself and to ask, how did that work? Now, look, I know there are already, there are people listening to this saying, I'm not going to do that. 
I'm not going to do that. You know why I'm not going to do that? Because I hate the way I look on camera. I hear this all the time. I hate the way that I look on video. Well, just two thoughts on this. One is um, you're the only person who's going to see it unless you want to be a super achiever and take it to somebody else, which I'll get to in a moment. It's just for you. you. Clearly, you can deal with that level of discomfort. Oh, one other point here. That's what you look like. It, it's You look on video the way you look in real life. Well, I don't know why people are so freaked out about this. But here's the opportunity. You're going to see yourself saying, um, about 40 times in two minutes or, or some other verbal tick. You're going to see your body language. You're going to see your facial posture. You're going to see your energy. You're going to see when you answer something the same way every time. But when you watch it and you go, did that really make sense? Is there a better way to do this? The opportunities for self-coaching are absolutely amazing. But now, if you're a super achiever, share it with someone else. Share it with a peer. Share it with a friend. Share it with your spouse. Share it with your manager. Share it with somebody who can give you some coaching along those lines. Look, if they're pointing out things that are uh, having negative detrimental effects on your customer, wouldn't you want to know that? Dumb and happy is not the right recipe for success. I want to suggest to you here that this is an easy way for you to work on your sales presence. And you know what? You can do it today. In fact, you can do it now. If you're listening to this point now, if you're driving, it'll be more difficult to record yourself, granted. But otherwise, why not take the opportunity to be able to just record an actual call, record an actual call, and then go back and use that as the opportunity to critique, to self-coach, and then maybe get other people involved. Now, let me just wrap up with this question. Why would you not? Why would you not? And oftentimes the answer to why would you not is because we are so addicted to our own desire for comfort that we're using that as a reason not to accelerate to be the best that we can be. Get outside your comfort zone. Your sales presence matters. And this is the opportunity that you will have to change your customer's world. 